Welcome to American Education FM, everybody. I'm Dr. Sean Brooks. Awful lot of information to go over here. There's no doubt about it. Awful lot of information. End of the week, tons of stuff coming in. Lots changed here over the last week or so. And uh, clearly the enemy's plans have increased and hit overdrive, so to speak. So I'm going to jump right in here. There's a couple of things I wanted to mention. First of all, thank you for the well wishes and um, the positive words throughout the last week here regarding, again, my appearance on InfoWars with Alex Jones and a few other things. I, I really do appreciate it. Um, I've had a number of individuals reach out to me and say that they really enjoyed it. And again, they've also moved some of their ideas and, and, and products and websites my way too. And, and a few of them asked if I would mention it on the podcast and I have no problem doing that. So I'm going to do that right now. Um, first of all, an uh, individual reached out to me about their website called VaxAction.com. And I'm going to link that in the description below. But VaxAction.com is a vaccine reporting system adverse reaction reporting system. Um, and again, it's vaxaction.com. Uh, looking through it, it looks it looks pretty solid. I'd, I'd let you do your own vetting on that. Again, if you know of someone who uh, you know has suffered from the adverse reactions regarding taking the jabs, then um, I would give this website certainly a, a very hard look without a doubt. And uh, they also are, are on Gab, and I would bounce over here and again take a look at it in particular just because, you know, we can't trust the VAERS reporting. And there are so many other reporting systems, but this looks like this is another one, which uh, again, it looks pretty solid at face value. So again, that's vaxaction.com. Highly recommend checking it out. Another one that was tossed my way uh, comes from a guy by the name of Mark Patterson, and it's called Brain Fire Rapid Learning. I'm going to link this PDF in the description below. He, uh, it's a very interesting document, and he, and he claims to have a method in, in which individuals can learn at a quicker rate and retain more of that information. He's also looking for investors. I'm not an investor. I'm not in a position where I could do something like that, but he's interested in moving this again into homeschool uh, avenues. Same thing with private school, charter school, even potentially public school, although I think those environments are crumbling. But uh, brain fire is what it's called, Brain Fire Rapid Learning, if I'm not mistaken. And I'm, I'm again, I'll, I'll link the description of that PDF below, and you can check it out if you're interested. Okay. First of all, before I get into a few other things, too, that have to do with colleges and universities now mandating these jabs uh, and mandating a million other things, including that their own staff members get these jabs just within over the last week, given the fact that this is now apparently FDA approved, quote unquote, for everybody over the age of 16 and over. Um, for those that have been listening to the podcast for a while, <clears throat> excuse me, I've had this nagging cough for quite some time, and I'm not one to really bring up health issues, but at least of my own, I guess. But I am going to bring this up because this is interesting. And again, if, if somebody's got some tips, I'd love to hear it. Um, I've taken, I've been to urgent care twice, and I was going to go there to a different urgent care yesterday, or two days ago, I guess it would be. And uh, the plan was to walk in and again, walk into this emergency room urgent care area and tell them what drugs I've taken in the past, how it hasn't worked, and, and see what they would do. Turns out this entire place isn't 
even in urgent care slash emergency room anymore, so I had to leave. Um, they're a doctor's office, and they were requiring masks, and it was by appointment only, so that wasn't viable for me, and I wasn't going to do that. Um, I've taken azithromycin for a solid week along with steroids. Didn't do anything. Uh, I, I, I took another antibiotic that I'm still taking. It's almost gone. With steroids, again, hasn't really done anything. So I figured at the very least this time I would go to the emergency room in a hospital and just see what's going on and, uh, and, and, and see what they can do. Again, no fever, you know, no bad feelings, nothing like that. It's just a nagging cough. Uh, n- you know, no, no green phlegm, none of that, none of that stuff. So <laughs> this is interesting because I was in this hospital back in January with diverticulitis uh, and I didn't have to wear a mask. They were just, they, they were kind of forcing it on me, but I wasn't wearing it. And they didn't say anything to me because I wasn't wearing it. And I thought, well, I'm, I'm not going to, I'm not going to wear a mask. I don't have trouble breathing. It's just coughing. And I'm not going to cough into a mask and then breathe that back in. That's absurd. So I walked in. And as soon as I walked in, you could see the eyes of, uh, of the women behind the counter. And their eyes got real big because they saw me not wearing a mask. And I never do, and I, again, never have. Uh, they immediately pushed the mask box right to right up to me. It was the first thing they did. And uh, immediately it was, sir, you need to wear this. And I said, yeah, I'm, I'm not here to wear that. Um, I'm here because I either have bronchitis, pneumonia, or lung cancer. I said, it's, it's one of the three, I don't know which. I wanted to get their attention and let them know that I'm not here to cover my mouth with something. Pretty common sense, so I thought. I said, look, I need medical attention here. And they were like, sir, we understand, blah, 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 but you need to wear this. And then they started to get louder and louder. And so I got louder and louder. Because, again, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not taking this. Uh, I I, I put my head down. I stretched both my arms out, put both the, the palms of my hands on the counter, and I just dropped my head down. And I turned to my left and I looked at a, in an older couple that was checking in the same time I was, and they were looking at me kind of, I mean, I could kind of tell they were smiling, but they had this look on their eyes like, hey, man, we hate this too. You know, it's it's got to be done, whatever else. And I'm saying, no, no, it doesn't. I mean, in my head, I'm going, no, I'm, I'm not wearing a mask to walk from point A to point B just because you tell me to, only, only to take it off once I'm inside the room. It, it makes absolutely no sense whatsoever. So they actually looked at me and they said this. They said, can you at least take the mask and hold it up toward your mouth? I mean, they actually said that. I said, so you're telling me I don't have to wear it. You just want me to hold it in the palm of my hand and and hold it somewhere close to my mouth. And they said, that's all we're asking, sir. That's all you have to do. So, so their immediate demand for me to wear the mask was stupid enough. Now it's getting dumber. I mean, they're they're actually getting dumber with what they're telling me, which was I, I I couldn't I couldn't even wrap my head around it. Once I refused and I looked at them and I said, "Look, you have an empty waiting room here. There's no one here." I said, "Would you like me to stand outside? I can even stand outside if you want, and you can come and get me, sir. It's our policy, sir." They just kept. I mean, they wouldn't stop. By this time. They had already hit their red button underneath their counter as if they were being robbed. 
uh, and it was a bank or something. They had already called a nurse and a security guard. So out from the back room comes a nurse and a security guard. The nurse is standing there, and she's wearing a mask, and so is the security guard. And she's holding up a mask, and she's, she's holding it toward me. And she said, sir, now you need to put this on so that we can treat you and whatever. I said, I just want medical attention. I said, I don't, I don't need to wear this mask. I'm not sick. I said, I'm just coughing. I've had this for three weeks. I just want a chest x-ray to see what's going on. I want to show you the drugs I've taken. I want to see if there's something else I might be able to take that gets rid of this. Maybe not. I don't know. Uh, <clears throat> that's, that's what I'm interested in. Sir, it's our policy. You have to wear this. And I, and I held up the mask and I said, do you know what's in this? Do you know what the makeup of this actual mask is? Sir, we're not interested in that. We're not trying to cause a problem. I just don't understand why you won't, blah, blah, blah. And they just kept going on and going on. I said, so, okay, let me get this straight then. I said, I'll play your bullshit game. I said, let me get this straight. I said, you want me to wear this to walk less than 100 yards. I mean, it was like 25 yards, maybe 50 at the most. From from this room right here where I'm not wearing a mask to another room where I'm not going to wear a mask. Because she did tell me, she said, once you get in the room, you can take it off. You don't have to whatever. And I'm going, then why am I even wearing it? Then why even wear it? Again, no one is thinking. It doesn't matter the hospital administrators and how bad they are and, and how awful they all are and, and these horrible, horrible controlling measures that they're putting on everybody. Um, and I'm going to get into the hospital policy a little bit later because I found out a lot of stuff while I was there. And it, it just, it, it, I mean, of, of course, we, we already know no one is thinking throughout any of this. And I said, all right. I said, I'll play your game. And I put it on. And keep in mind, this is the first time I've ever worn a mask ever throughout this entire time. And it's around my chin. And I said, is this okay? And then I I, I, and then I didn't get a response. They were just kind of staring at me. And then I, I slowly put it up a little bit more over my mouth, but not over my nose. I said, is this okay? I said, how about this? Is this okay? And then it was touching the, the very tip of my nose. And then I pulled it. And then I said, just let me know what level of safety you want me to be at. I mean, I'm completely jerking with these people now. And I'm having a lot of fun doing it, I might add. <clears throat> and it's worth noting that I'm not... I'm not by nature a confrontational person, but I, I, I do have the ability to go from 2 to 10 in an absolute heartbeat, in particular when illogical behavior is right in front of my face. So the security guard, again, isn't doing anything. He's not upset with me. He's just standing there. The nurse looks at me and she goes, that's fine, sir. Let's just go. And then I, I said, lead the way. Tell me where to go. I don't, I don't work here. What room? And then we, we started walking. And just like that, I mean, that was it. I was in the room, and then I took the mask off. I mean, it was, it, it, was, it was ridiculous. Okay, it gets more ridiculous. Here's what happened next. I sit down on the end of the bed. The door is open. The security guard is standing there, and the nurse is pounding away on the computer doing whatever. She says, sir, you need to sit over here because I'm not going to stare at your back. And I was like, all right, now she's got a killer attitude, and she's not dropping it, so I won't drop mine either, and we'll go toe-to-toe. And then we'll just see how this ends. So she starts popping away on the computer, asking questions. 
I'm answering the questions. There's no problem. I'm leaning back on the bed, okay? I'm sitting on the side of the bed, so my back's not like toward the back of the bed where the pillows are and stuff. I'm, I'm sitting on the side of the bed, and I'm leaning backwards, leaning on my left elbow, kind of staring up at the sky, just looking totally impatient on purpose as she's rocking through her procedures and whatever. And she's getting, she's getting more and more belligerent as I'm, as I'm just sitting there minding my own business with a cool, calm, and, and collected tone. I mean, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not yelling at her. I'm not doing anything. She's getting louder and louder with me. She actually looks at me. Actually, she's not looking at me when she's yelling at me. She's looking at the screen. But she's asking for all the information. And then she starts telling me that I have COVID. She actually says this. This comes out of her mouth. You probably have COVID. And you're probably spreading it around everywhere, sir. I mean, she said this. And I just started laughing. I was laughing out loud. I couldn't believe what I was hearing. And she looks at me and she says, have you been tested? And I said, why in the hell would I take one of those faulty tests? As soon as I said that, she, she flipped out. She started flipping her shit all over again. Sir, this is serious. It's a pandemic, sir. I don't know why, you're, why, you're, why you think this is funny. People are dying. In fact, that reminds me. When I was standing in the waiting room and being confronted by these people, she started using that word pandemic over and over. It's a pandemic, sir. I looked at her and I looked at the whole room. I said, where are the bodies? Where are all the bodies? And I stuck my arms out to both my sides and I'm looking around. And I'm looking on the ground. I said, we're not stepping over bodies. What pandemic are you talking about exactly? So she said it again in the, in, the, in the actual room itself. And as she's saying all of this, I'm looking over her shoulder, and she's starting to click the signs and symptoms of particular things. She's furiously clicking on things that I don't even have. She's clicking on, on signs and symptoms that I haven't even described to her. I haven't even said anything other than the fact that I have a cough. Well, sir, I'm going to have to take your temperature and, and whatever. And I already took my temperature before I left, so I knew it was 99.3. Now, look, I mean, I had a couple of beers the night before, so sue me. You know, I didn't necessarily have the best night's sleep, but whatever. It doesn't matter. I'm not, I'm not feverish, quote-unquote. I'm not ill. I'm not sick. I feel fine. So I tell her all of this. I tell her all of that. Well, sir, you have a fever, and it's above normal, so we're marking it down as fever. And I was it's like, settle down. Just settle down. Do I sound like somebody who's feverish? No. I was thinking in my head, if anybody's feverish, it's you, and you should probably go home because you're not doing your job correctly. I look over her shoulder, like I said, and she starts clicking things like, not only do I have a fever, but she clicks cough, she clicks severe headache, and she ends up clicking one other thing. I catch her doing this. And I said, and, and she moves ahead to the next screen. And I said, excuse me. I said, go back to that past screen. I said, whoever told you I had, a, I had a severe headache or that I was feeling nauseous or whatever else she was clicking. And I said, I've never told you that. I said, now, I don't know about you, but falsifying records, medical records, seems like a crime to me. She didn't like me saying that as you might expect. Sir, I was just clicking quickly. I was just clicking as fast as I could, and that's just what happened, and blah, blah, blah. And she just kept running and running with it. 
And that's when I leaned back again on my left elbow. I stood up to the screen, to the sky, and I said, Can I please get another nurse in here? Can I please have another nurse? And I'm looking at the security guard, and I request this in front of her, to her. I'm like, look, I need somebody who's logical here, who's not banging on computers, banging on a keyboard, uh, and, and doesn't like the fact that I know this is all bullshit. I'm in here for a cough. That won't go away. That's all. That's it. Um, She keeps banging away on the computer. And now she hooks me up to the pulse reader. And she walks over with the strap, of course, that Velcros around my arm. And honest to Christ, she said this. She goes, well, sir, I need to get your vitals because they're vital. And she said it about as sarcastically as a person could. And I'm thinking to myself, man, you're laying it on real thick. Well, I can go toe-to-toe with you, and we'll keep doing that. So we kept going. Like I said, I, they, I then later, very loudly, or loudish, uh, requested another nurse. Can I please get another nurse? And again, she kept banging away in the, uh, on the keyboard. And then she says, sir, this isn't funny. I don't understand. It's a pandemic. People are dying. And then she says this. She says, I wish you could see... Um, my my Aunt Ruby's headstone, something like that. One of her family members died. I'm sorry about that. That has nothing to do with me. That has nothing to do with me. I, I'm, I'm sorry that that's happened, allegedly, uh, whatever. And I leaned back, and this was the straw that broke the camel's back. I leaned back. I'm still leaning back on my left elbow, looking up at the sky. After she said that, there was a pause, and I said to her, I said that even every the security guard could hear me. I was looking straight up into the sky. I said, "Wait until you see what happens to the jabbed." Because before I had said that, she asked me if I was going to take if I needed to take the shots. Had I taken the shots? And I told her, "Hell no! Why would I put that poison in me? I don't feel like dying today." She didn't like me saying that either. But then she brought up her Aunt Ruby, and then I said, wait until you see what happens to the jabbed. And then she lost it. She goes, that's it. I can't work with him. I was like, I already requested another nurse, and you're still here. She turns around. She she storms out of the room. She kicks my leg, like runs right past me, hits my leg. I was like, wait a minute. What's going on? And then she's out the door and she's leave and she leaves and she's shouting down the hallway for another nurse to come in. Security guard kind of walks in. He looks at me. I'm not going to name him, but he's an awesome dude. And I'm going to get to that in a minute. And he looks at me. He goes, hey, man. He goes, lots of people are agitated around here. I, I fully understand with what you're saying. He goes, I agree with what you're saying. I get it. He goes, but, you know. You got you to gotta be easy on these people. And I looked at him and I said, I don't know what your name is, man. He goes, you know, he introduces himself. We shook, we shook hands. I said, look, I'm not trying to cause a problem. I don't want to get poisoned. I don't want to get tested. And I'm here for a cough. And she's falsifying my medical records in front of my face, thinking I'm not going to catch it. I mean, what is going on here? What is this place? Um... And then finally, I, I got another nurse. And turns out the security guard is a is a uh, a war veteran. And the new nurse I got, same thing, war veteran. Thanked them both for their service. Uh, as the new nurse is, is 
comes in, briefly introduces himself, says, I've got another patient elsewhere. I'll, I'll come and work with you. I said, no rush. I said, I'm fine. No rush. I just need a chest x-ray and whatever else. I keep talking to the security guard. The dude is 100% based, 100% awake. He's a prepper, gun owner, does it all. And then I dropped on him that I was on Alex Jones's show, and his eyes got huge, and he was like, no way. And I went, yeah, man, here. And I handed him one of my cards that has my podcast on it, website and everything. He was like, man, that's awesome. And then we were off and running, and we were just talking about everything, and it was, and it was great. Um, he let, he, you know, I found out a bunch of, about what goes on in that hospital. There was a protest across the street, um, for anti-jabbing. It was an anti-jab protest, which was awesome. A no-vax protest that was taking place. And the hospital is in the process of mandating the jabs for all their employees. I mean, they're absolute tyrants that run these places. Um, again, the new nurse who came in, very friendly, very nice. Normal heart rate, uh, chest x-ray clear. The doc came in, nice guy. I wasn't wearing a mask this entire time. Nobody seemed to have a problem with it then. Uh, and then, you know, that was kind of the end of it. Uh, unfortunately, they gave me a inhaler, which seems unnecessary. And then they gave me a cough suppressant syrup, which just exacerbates my cough. So I don't, <clears throat> I don't, I don't understand what's going on here. It's very strange. The security guard did tell me, he said, he said that he had coronavirus months ago, about six plus months ago. And he said, that cough that you have, he goes, I've got that exact same thing. And I was like, well, I've never had a fever. I'm not vomiting. I don't feel ill. I have lots of energy. I, no ache, no aches, no pains, nothing. It's just a cough that's been around for three weeks that I can't get rid of. And uh, yeah, that was kind of the end of it. Um, I, I took my prescriptions. I, I looked at the nurse and the security guard. I said, can I get an escort out of here? Because, you know, I don't, I don't want to get screamed at. He goes, yeah, I'll lead you out. We walk out. Firm handshake, shake hands. I said, God bless, man. Take care. Uh, hope you enjoy the podcast. I might give you a shout out. And, and that was the end of it. And then I, you know, I, I left. I mean, that story's not unique. I know that that's going on all the time. But um, it's, I, I, I just don't know what else to say. In the coming months, the jabbed are going to be packing these places. It's inevitable. It's just inevitable. And on my way to the hospital, I drove through Miami University's campus. Miami University's campus is practically empty. If, if you drive through their campus on a Wednesday uh, before 10 o'clock, which is what I did, when I went to school there, there were thousands of students walking around, and I mean thousands. They were everywhere. I, I, there were, oh, I don't know. I, I probably counted 100 probably 100 students max. Now, again, it could be that I was catching them as they were already in class. I mean, that's possible, but um, it, it was just odd. It, it was just odd, but it, but it also was something that I mentioned in, in countless previous episodes. I said, there's no way that this campus is going to fill up when there's a mask mandate for everybody. And now you've got the jabs rolling down the line here, and countless colleges and universities are now mandating these jabs for people. It's absolutely astounding that, that anybody would actually show up to these environments. And again, you've got students walking around wearing the masks outside, and then you have others not wearing them. 
That's the false equivalency I completely, I just can continuously bring up. You can't have it both ways. Why are you wearing it? Why are you wearing it, number one? Number two, why on earth would a school have it in place, regardless of your jab status, if, if either one worked? No one's thinking here. The only people that are thinking are the ones that are running away from these institutions. They're fleeing these places as they should. I'm shocked that anybody, I'm absolutely shocked that anybody's going to these places anymore. It, it just blows me away. So that's, that's kind of an abrupt end to that story. Again, if anybody's got some tips here on, uh, you know, some, some medical help, I'd like to know. You know, I, I would like this cough to go away. It's weird. Um, <clears throat> it's just kind of a dry, raspy, you know, whatever. But I don't know. Hopefully someday it goes away. We'll see. Either way, moving on. I did want to read this because this is, again, this is heartbreaking. Um, and if you're not paying attention to what's going, in, going on in Australia, my God in heaven, um, you know, it's, 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 I mean, it's a nightmare. I, I don't know what else to say. They're forced jabbing, they're forced jabbing children. Uh, and this comes from COVID vaccine injuries on Telegram, and I'm, I'm going to read this briefly, but and I also put a slight video describing it on my BitChute channel, too, with a clip from a woman who was talking about it. But it says the following, quote, Story of New South Wales boy in a coma after stadium jab. His mother waiting in the car park saw four ambulances roll up, not being told one was for her son until two hours after he collapsed. Listen to the end. Hospital nurse monitoring mom uh, talking on the phone about it and trying to shut down the conversation. Also reported there was another child in the hospital sick from the jab. Apparently, the school put out an email or letter stating jabs weren't mandatory, but then sent one saying they were. This needs to be clarified. If parents are led to believe their kids can't sit exams or graduate without jabs, even if the word mandatory does not mean no choice, are they going to have recourse to legal action against the t talking heads or the school for creating this impression. And then, of course, the video was already censored on Instagram and fact-checked and, you know, fact independent fact-checkers said it was a lie and blah, blah, blah. So apparently they're jabbing them either in school stadiums or just national stadiums. I'm not entirely sure, but again, it's all nightmarish to say the least. And they're doing it without uh, parental consent. I wanted to mention this to... And again, this was before I was I was on Infowars, um, and certainly worth mentioning because again, now that the policies have changed here for these schools, I mean they almost changed overnight because of the uh, new FDA jab regulations. Apparently, for uh, for these Pfizer jabs, th th this again was a few days ago, um, almost a, almost a week ago actually, and it and it said this. And again, it has to do with Ohio colleges and Ohio schools. And there were just two sections here that I highlighted. And it says, institutions such as Miami University, Wright State University, and the University of Dayton are among the region's schools that will require masks for all students, regardless of vaccination status. Antioch College, however, is requiring all students to provide proof of vaccination before the fall term starts. Wright State plans to test students who will live in university housing and the school has scheduled a vaccine clinic on move-in day. So again, 
To my knowledge, they're all back in school now. The next section says this, Dayton plans to return to 100% in-person classes during the upcoming academic year, but the university is requiring everyone to wear face masks regardless of vaccination status. UD student Alex Spato said he was hoping for a good year at school. Quote, 70% of the campus has been vaccinated. I'm ready to move on. Unquote. I, uh, this is going to be, this is going to be awful. This is going to be awful with what happens here in, in, in the fall. I, um, I'm almost speechless with what's happening. So I also came across this and I'm going to play a couple of these or at least one of them. And this is Ohio State. As a result now of the FDA approving the Pfizer jab for 16 and older, um, they're mandating uh, the jabs, and there's a deadline. So give this audio a listen. The largest universities just announced COVID-19 vaccines will be mandatory. And Trevor Peters has been following this at the alert desk. Trevor? Guys, Ohio State is the latest university to mandate vaccines. President Christina Johnson sent an email today announcing the change after the FDA fully approved Pfizer's vaccine. Students and staff have until October 15th to get their first shot, and they must get both shots by November 15th. More than 73% of students and staff are already vaccinated, according to the university. Johnson says the indoor mask mandate will also continue regardless of vaccination status. Johnson says this step will, quote, increase our ability to support our students in continuing their educational experiences, as well as help protect our current and the state's future workforce, end quote. OSU says details about reporting vaccination will be announced in the coming weeks. Most tri-state universities are requiring masks indoors. Indiana University is also requiring vaccinations in addition to Ohio State. At the alert desk, Trevor Peters, Fox 19 Now. I think, Trevor, I'm sure more universities will probably follow right. suit Ohio as U. well. Yeah. Thanks, Trevor. Uh, honest to God. I mean, say goodbye to Ohio State University. Say goodbye to it. Say goodbye to all of these places that are doing this. These people have no idea what they're doing. I, I, I think we're way past brainwashing. We're at the level of something else here. Uh, and I've, I've alluded to it in the past, if not straight out said it. This is some satanic spell that is over these individuals where they cannot see the light. Or, again, they have a gun to the back of their head every single time that they make one of these mandates um, a thing. The president of Ohio State University is a monster. I've covered her audio in the past before. She's Black Lives Matter to the bone. Uh, she's Antifa to the bone. She's as far left as they possibly come. She's a lunatic. And um, most of the people that are presidents of universities tend to be. So, yeah, Ohio State's not the only one. Now we have Kentucky, Oregon, Pennsylvania, New York, Louisiana, Virginia, and they're also kicking people out who are unjabbed. Again, countless colleges, countless universities, and they're all lining up now to do this. They're, they're going to cease to exist. They're not going to have students there. You, you can't poison 100% of your working population or attending population and expect everybody to be okay 
when cold and flu season rolls around. Get the jabs or else you can't go here. I'm shocked that people aren't running from these institutions and going to online universities. In fact, it wouldn't surprise me in the slightest if online universities are 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 packed to the gills and they and they simply can't accommodate the numbers of students that are attending. I mean, they have to almost be hiring more people in order to teach in these online institutions because I, I again, if a visual observation of Miami University is one take, and that's just my take, just driving through the center of campus again, where there would normally be thousands of students walking around, and all I see are roughly a hundred, that's weird. That's that's basic observational science. That's you know, it's not it's not brain surgery. It's connecting dots and, and just seeing a, a very consistent pattern here. I can't imagine Ohio State being any different. I really can't. Their enrollment has got has had to have plummeted since all of this, and I I can only imagine it getting less, you know, being more so, and and having less attendance as it should. Again, completely shocked that um, that people would attend these institutions. So, moving on. Here's another one. Washington Public School forces unvaccinated teens to wear ankle monitors. Uh, you, I, you can't even make this up anymore. Um, proposes of uh, COVID segregation, says parents. A 15-year-old girl was allegedly forced to wear an ankle monitor. This comes from thepostmillennial.com. Uh, an ankle tracking monitor for volleyball practice at Eatonville High School in Washington State as a condition of participating in team sports. These people are nuts. They're nuts. And the adults, again, allowing all of this and sanctioning all of this and, and encouraging all of this, have lost the plot. Um, it continues here. It says, quote, according to her mother, who spoke anonymously to the post-millennial, her daughter was at practice for a public school's volleyball team and texted her that she was being asked to put on an ankle monitor. The teen did not answer the mother's follow-up text or calls. The mother assumed she was playing during practice and attempted to contact the school via phone. No one at the school was able to answer her questions about the monitor, so she drove to the building. The mother spoke to an employee in the school office as well as the coach and was informed that there was a meeting last week discussing the ankle monitoring program for unvaccinated teens. The program was allegedly designed for contact tracing in the event of a positive COVID test of a student. The trace tag device used by the school was made by a company called Triax. According to their website, um, the device was created for the purpose of maintaining social distancing guidelines and to provide a real-time insight into whether these guidelines are being observed for construction and other manufacturing businesses, but makes no mention of school use on the website. The device provide the devices provide, quote, a visual and audible alarm so individuals know when to adjust their current distance to a proper social distance. Wake up. Wake up. Stop playing volleyball. You're not going to be a professional volleyball player. Give it up. Give it up. Go home, homeschool, get out of these environments, stop hitting a ball over a net, and give it up. Pick up a nonfiction book, read it, and understand that you're being abused. 
I, I just don't know how much more I can say about this and continue to say the same thing over and over again. I mean, these people, my God. Uh, the mother identified the coach as Gavin Kralik, if I'm saying that right, don't know, don't care, who told her that the device would inform the players when they were too close together and was only used for indoor sports. She was also informed that the device would be used for contract tracing. Is it, isn't it contact tracing? They have contract written here. Um, they don't even, I don't know. They can't even get their words right unless I'm getting it wrong. Uh, so that in the event of a positive test, non-vaccinated students would have to quarantine for up to 14 days. Vaccinated students would not have to quarantine. Oh, okay, so vaccinated students who test positive, who, who get ill, aren't going to have to quarantine? Ladies and gentlemen, that right there is going to be the next kink in the armor, as it were. Um, there, there, there's going to be a break here with, with that very line. When, when the jabs start falling down, as they already have, what are they going to do with those individuals? What are they going to do then with the unjabbed individuals? What are they going to do with those that don't want to be contact traced as, as they're all watching the jabbed fall down and they're all wondering why? Well, this is strange. Why are all the jabbed falling down? Maybe we should quarantine the jabbed uh, for 14 days because they're, they're falling deathly ill. The entire, the entire foundation is sinking in. It's eating itself. Again, I don't think there's any stopping this whatsoever. There's no stopping this. Um, let's see. The mother said that when she was told a school employee, when she told the school employees that she was taking her daughter home, the teen was asked by an office staff member to remove the device before she saw her mother, and said that. The mother could only photograph the device in Kralik's hand, as pictured above, not on the child's ankle. Oh, okay. Getting rid of evidence, are we? The scene of the crime, don't want people to know that it was actually placed on their ankle. The mother was later identified Tuesday in an interview, blah, 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 blah. Um, yeah, that's about it. And it's, and it's awful. Again, I'm shocked that parents are continuing to do this and, and send their children into these environments. Uh, it, it, it defies all logic. I don't understand it. I don't get it anymore. Uh, we're, we're way past brainwashing. Please stop the bread and circus. Please give it up. I mean, again, I've said this in the past. I used to watch sports. If you were to ask me a sports-related question right now about something that's going on currently, I have no idea. I have no idea. I don't even know where any sport is in relation to their season right now. I can't tell you a single head coach on a single team. I can't tell you a single player who plays for anything. I don't even I don't even know anymore. That's how far removed I am from the charade and from the bread and circus. And I'm neck deep in in the war and the reality of what's going on right now. And I would encourage parents to do the same with their children, regardless of age. Pull them away. When you drop one of, the, one of the illusions in life, bread and circus, you pick up so much more. You pick up a ton more. And you'll look backwards and you'll actually say to yourself, I can't believe that I did that. I can't believe that I was wasting my time doing that. Were there some fun moments? Sure. But wow, what a distraction. 
wow, was I being used? And it feels awful. I mean, there's a part of there's a part of me that's like, wow, I wasted money, time, energy. That's that's horrible. What was I what was I thinking? Um, yeah, so there's that. Here's another one. LouRockwell.com. And this is by Dr. Peter McCullough. Study. Fully vaccinated healthcare workers carry 251 times viral load. Post threat to unvaccinated patients, co-workers. So the vaccinated now, quote unquote, post a threat to the unjabbed and their co-workers that they're around. Written by Peter McCullough. A groundbreaking, it says this, quote, a groundbreaking preprint paper by the prestigious Oxford University Clinical Research Group published August 10th in The Lancet, the largest medical journal, I might add, includes alarming findings devastating to the COVID vaccine rollout. The study found vaccinated individuals carry 251 times the load of COVID-19 virus in their nostrils compared to the unvaccinated. Good Lord. While, moder- mo- while moderating rather the symptoms of infection, the jab allows vaccinated individuals to carry unusually high viral loads without becoming ill at first, potentially transforming them into pre-symptomatic super spreaders. I should have shared this with the nurse. What do you think? She probably wouldn't have liked that. I should have brought it in, actually. That would have been hilarious. In fact, I recommend people do that. Next time you find your way into a, a doctor's office or a, a hospital, Maybe you should print off this article, and uh, which I put on Gab, by the way. But you should print off this article and just hand it to him. Be like, oh yeah, by the way, have you taken the jabs? Oh, you did? Too bad. Uh, looks like you're spreading it more than anybody else. Looks like you're spreading illness more than anybody else is. You may want to move this to your uh, your administrators up top on the top on the top floor and see what they say. Because you know, you being around healthy people is not a good thing anymore. And then, of course, you'll be quickly shown to the door and probably shot in the back of the head and thrown into a dumpster. Who knows? Uh, Let's see. It continues. This phenomenon may be the source of the shocking post-vaccination surges in heavily vaccinated populations globally. The paper's authors, uh, Chow and others, demonstrated widespread vaccine failure and transmission under tightly controlled circumstances in a hospital lockdown in Ho Chi Minh City, Vietnam. The scientists studied healthcare workers who were unable to leave the hospital for two weeks. The data showed that fully vaccinated workers, about two months after injection with the Oxford AstraZeneca COVID 19 vaccine, acquired, carried, and presumably transmitted the Delta variant to their vaccinated colleagues. Oopsie! Oopsie poopsie. It looks like, yep, that's right, the variant's not real. It's the transmission of the jabbed onto the unjabbed. And how long have we known about this? A very long time. We've known about this for a long time. And this is where it gets a little scarier. And I'm going to shift gears here slightly, but we're back to schools now. For some reason, and you're going to have to help me with this one because I can't wrap my head around this one either. This comes from Newsmax. And again, thank you for who tossed this to me on Gab. But it says, UK drops mandates, drops mask mandates for schools comes from Charlie McCarthy, again from Newsmax. It says, primary and secondary schools in the United Kingdom no longer must follow COVID-19 mitigation measures such as mask mandates. The UK's Department of Education announced new guidelines last week 
that said face coverings no longer are advised for students, staff, and visitors, either in classrooms or in communal areas. Quote, our priority is for you to deliver face-to-face high-quality education to all pupils, the department said August 17th on its website. The evidence is clear that being out of education causes significant harm to educational attainment, life chances, mental and physical health. And then it continues and goes on and on and on. However, I then read this um, just yesterday on Telegram, and it comes from Dr. Mike Eden. And bear with me here because it's a little long, but um, it's worth reading. So, again, let's try to let's try to figure out again why why is this happening? Why would they drop the mask mandates? Could it be because of this? It says this quote: "Alert, alert, alert." All parents in UK with children aged 12 to 15 years old. He says this, quote, I've just been informed, and this is Mike Eden, I've just been informed via someone senior in the vaccination authorities that they will begin vaccinating all school children aged 12 to 15 years old starting September 6, 2021, with or without your consent. Children are at no measurable risk for SARS-CoV-2. No previously healthy child has died in UK after infection, not one. The vaccines are not safe. The USA reporting system, VAERS, is showing around 13,000 deaths in days to a few weeks after administration. The high percentage occur in the first three days. Around 70% of serious adverse events are are thrombomabolic, if I'm saying that right, in nature blood clotting, or bleeding related. We know why this is. All of the gene-based vaccines cause our bodies to manufacture the virus spike protein, and that spike protein triggers blood coagulation. The next most common type of adverse events are neurological. Death rates per million vaccinations are running everywhere at around 60 times more than any previous vaccine. Worse, thrombo embolic, if I'm saying that right again, uh, events such as pulmonary embolisms appear at over 400 times the typical low rate after vaccination. These events are serious, occur at a hideously elevated level, and are at least as common in young people as in elderly people. The tendency is that younger people are having more severe adverse events than older people. There are literally no benefits whatsoever from this intervention, period. As stated, the children are unquestionably not at risk, and vaccinating them will only result in pain, suffering, lasting injuries, and death. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Yeadon. See, isn't that really all I said at the board meeting? I mean, isn't that really all I said? Pretty much. I was just trying to grab people by the lapels and shake them. I read a lot. Not a crime. He continues. He says this, quote, Children rarely ever become symptomatic and are very poor transmitters of the virus. This isn't theory. It's been studied, and it pretty much doesn't happen, that children bring the virus into the home. In a large study, not on one occasion, was the child the index case, the first infected person in a household. So if you're told it's to protect vulnerable family members, that's a lie, all in bold letters. The information emerging over time from UK and Israel is now showing clearly that the vaccines do not even work well. If there's any benefit, it wanes. 
Finally, the vaccines are not even necessary. All bold letters. Uh, there are good, safe, and effective treatments. If you, per- if you permit this to go ahead, I guarantee this. There will be avoidable deaths of perfectly healthy children and severe illnesses in 10 times as many. In 10 times as many. And for no possible benefit. Knowing what I know from 40 years training and practice in toxicology, biochemistry, and pharmacology, to particulate in this extraordinary abuse of innocent children in our care can be classified in no other way than murder. It's up to you, period. If you had a secondary school-age child in UK, I would not be returning them to school next month, no matter what. The state is going to vaccinate everyone. The gloves are off. This has never been about a virus or public health. It's wholly about control, totalitarian, and irreversible control at that, and they're nearly there. Please share this information widely with somber best wishes, Mike, Dr. Mike Eden, unquote. Ladies and gentlemen, it's happening here, it's happening here in the United States. There have been reports of countless children being jabbed against their will without their parents' consent in American schools. There was a report, again, of a Dayton area school that was doing this where a Dayton area nurse had jabbed at least 21-some-odd kids. Um, Orange County, Florida, I believe, is not only mandating the masks, but they're mandating the jabs for all of their employees and available students, if I'm not mistaken. I could have that wrong. But again, I I came across that on the interwebs just the other day. It's already happening here. We have to remove ourselves from these environments. That's, um, That's the landscape as I see it. That's what I see happening here. I don't like it any more than anybody else, but I don't know what else I can add. Um, in fact, I'm going to wrap up by saying this. I'm Well, not by really saying much of anything. Again, continue to stay on board with this. Continue to pay attention to what's going on. I'm going to play this audio from a, a, a cardiologist technician here who works in a hospital. This has also been bouncing around Gab. And it, too, is something that I've spoken about in the past and has been brought up by numerous people for a very long time. When you have the ill working around the ill and the jabbed working around the jabbed, making other people ill, and then you mix in the element or the variable of the worker who refuses to get jabbed and poison themselves, running the risk of death just to keep their job, and those people quit – the entire apparatus that they're working for crumbles. And as you're going to hear him say, unfortunately, and it's already happened, there are going to be people who die because they cannot receive the necessary treatment because the people aren't working there anymore. Because they're either jabbed and ill or dead, or they're not wanting to work in these environments. This is all coming to a head here. So give him a listen. I'll catch you on the flip side on Monday. Have a great weekend. Take care. God bless. And again, God bless this guy for standing up because I think it's his daughter that's standing right next to him. This guy is smarter than many parents I've met. That daughter that's standing next to her father, that, that's a future patriot of America right there. And that is one smart young girl, no doubt about it. So give this a listen. Again, take care. Have a great weekend.
Um, I'm up here today because I am a healthcare worker. I've been in my profession for almost 20 years. None of you probably know what I do. Um, I run the heart-lung bypass machine, open-heart surgery. There's two of us in this town. We were both in this room today. When we can't show up for work, the hospital goes on diversion, which means the ER can't take critical patients and the helicopters fly right over us. Neither one of us are getting this vaccine. Neither one of us are willing to take that because we know what's on stake, at stake for freedoms past that. I've alternated between should I just keep providing for my family, should I take the job and just keep getting my paycheck, I'll take it for the team if I die, at least they'll get provision for as long as it takes until I may or may not have symptoms. But then I'm like, no, that can't happen because if I fold here, I don't know what's going to happen. <clears throat> I'm here because the board of supervisors is failing, other than Patrick. Um, I'm closely related to the recall. I support it 100%. If I don't show up for my job, as I just explained to you, people die. On Saturday night at 10 p.m., I got a page. I did not want to go to work. Somebody was having a very critical problem. They were dying. I worked until 6 a.m. the next day. If I had not have showed up, there would have been nobody to do my job. These guys can't show up their job, and I'm sorry, your jobs are not as important as mine. Here for recognition. You'll never remember what a perfusionist is after this. Maybe you will. I don't like being in front. I do like supporting. I'm really good at supporting. But my encouragement is that all of you have the power that I'm talking about to stand up and to be the voice when you think you don't. You're more valuable than you think you are. And the team that I work with at both hospitals in this town feel very strongly and very similar. And if this mandate goes through, and these people don't show up for work, then people are going to start dying for other reasons. And it's because there's going to be nobody to take care of Thank you for listening to American Education FM. Make sure and check out AmericanEducationFM.com for more information. Take care and God bless.